The European Central Bank has put up its interest rates again. So what's it going to mean for your mortgage and why are they making things more expensive during a cost of living crisis? Well, let me explain. Let me explain with Sean Defoe, a News Talk original. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button wherever it is you're listening, be it on the News Talk app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or elsewhere. All podcast providers, both reputable and disreputable. This week, the European Central Bank has confirmed a second interest rate hike this year, which for some may mean mortgage payments are about to get more expensive. And while we're still waiting to see when banks will pass along these increases to the majority of customers, it is going to make the cost of borrowing higher. So why now? And what's the theory behind doing this? Things are already getting more expensive. So essentially, the theory behind ECB increasing interest rates is they want to cool um, personal expenditure to cool the market. This is Trevor Grant from Affinity Mortgage Advisors. A lot of money pent up uh, during COVID for for some people, clearly not for all. Uh, A lot of expenditure going on. So the economic theory is that if you increase interest rates, you will curb uh, public expenditure and people will spend less. And if they spend less and buy less goods, the prices of those goods should normalise. Now, we also have the much greater issue here of the war in Ukraine, which is having a profound impact on a number of things, both for those people in the Ukraine, most importantly, but also economically for the rest of the world. Um, so the theory is put up rates, curb the expenditure habits of people, get the uh, cost of living down, effectively, or inflation down uh, by doing that. So the idea is you make it more expensive to borrow money, and that means people are less likely to spend. So demand decreases, and as a result, the cost of goods comes down and it dampens inflation. Supply and demand. You keep the supply the same, but take away some of the demand and things, in theory, should get cheaper. Think of if you are buying a car, and suddenly the cost of getting the loan to buy it goes up. You might well think, actually, I'm going to hold off and decide now's not the time to buy my Mini Cooper or my hybrid or an SUV or whatever it is that you're into. But of course, the person in the carriage is still going to have the same number of cars and is still going to have to sell them just with fewer people coming to the lot every day. And so one way he might try and do that is by reducing the price and therefore inflation on motor vehicles would go down. So that's the broad theory, but obviously it is going to affect mortgage holders the most. That is the biggest loan that most people would have and will be over the longest term of time, somewhere anywhere really between 20 and 35 years of your life that you're paying it away. Oh, that always makes me depressed to think about. So what exactly is it going to mean for your pocket? Well, Oana Paya is an assistant professor at UCD. Household that will be directly impacted and first impacted by this will be those that hold some loans or mortgages with variable interest rates. So they will most likely see uh, hikes in their interest rates. Um, so to give you an example, if you have a mortgage of about 300,000 euro, a 30-year mortgage at a rate of 3.5%, which is variable, um, you'll be paying a monthly installment of around 1,350 euro. Now suppose that the interest rate on this mortgage increases by 0.25%, which is the increase in the key policy rate by the ECB, um, that will increase your monthly installment for by about 40 euro, which amounts to about 15,000 euro over um, the, the 30 year period of the mortgage. So that's a seizable um, increase in, in, um, in, in interest rate expenses. Um, however, the good news is that um, According to statistics from the Central Bank of Ireland, not a huge majority of mortgages currently in Ireland are uh, variable interest rate mortgages. So, for example, um, 82% of the new mortgages that were issued in April were fixed rate. So we won't expect 
huge increases in interest rates over uh, uh, a broad uh, part of the of the um, Irish population. So taking that specific mortgage that she referenced, it's about €40 euro a month on every 0.25% that the ECB puts up its rates. So the initial 0.5% that they introduced in July straight away amounted to €80 euro a month for people in that specific situation. So you can see how quite quickly a decision made by the European Central Bank can affect your pockets. Today marks the second increase in ECB rates this year and Trevor Grant thinks there will be more to come. One further rate hike later this year and more into 2023. I think it's important for borrowers to at least prepare for and anticipate at least two more interest rate increases next year. Um, all the theory we read suggests that the ECB hope to get inflation back on track by the middle of next year. So if their primary instrument for doing so is increasing interest rates, you're likely to see at least two in the new year um, unless things uh, normalise and get closer to their target 2% rate of inflation before then. So I think it would be important Uh, for anyone with a mortgage on a variable rate or or indeed on a tracker rate to have a good think about how set they are to withhold the impact of such increases. So in brass tacks or euros, what is that going to mean for you? So far, the pillar banks haven't passed on interest rate hikes to most of their customers. But unfortunately, Trevor Grant does think that's going to change. Now, traditionally, variable rates in Ireland are exceptionally high. So they would have had a difficulty in justifying the, if you like, the moral position behind increasing variable rates with the last increase. I would suggest that potentially there will be some, if not all, of the one half percent increase we, we predict passed on to variable rate customers next time around, certainly by one or two of the banks, if not all of the banks. And they left their fixed rates unchanged. Um, and we're likely to see, I believe, their fixed rates increase uh, by some percentage points in October. A, because the, their competitors have already done it. Um, and B, because they can point to the fact that they have justification in terms of increased costs. But equally, see, and we should never lose the sight of the fact that, you know, and we learned this through the crash, banks are there to make money for banks and for the shareholders. Unfortunately, they're not co-ops or credit unions to help primarily the customer. So if a bank has an opportunity due to market forces to increase their margins, they're going to increase their margins. So I think we can expect to see an increase across all interest rates uh, from all lenders by early to mid-October. So for mortgage holders, it leaves many people in a bit of a tricky spot trying to figure out what's the best thing to do to insulate yourself. There are those in the tracker mortgages who are going to be affected automatically under law by every rate hike. There are those on variable rates which can already be quite high and, and could be impacted if the banks pass them on. And then there are fixed rate customers, those who are locked into a certain rate for a certain period of time. And with that one, it's a little bit like crystal ball gazing. Are you better off sticking where you are, knowing that the rate won't be increased until the end of your current deal? Or is now the time to try and secure maybe a long-term fixed rate with the options that are available today before any rate hikes are passed on and those options get, well, worse? So this is likely obviously going to depend on where in your fixed contract you are. If you've just signed a five-year deal, for example, are you better sticking off and hoping that the effects of this whole inflationary cycle are gone in five years? And then if you've only got a year left, obviously you're in a much different position. So Trevor Grant has run through the various options for us. So I think if you're a mortgage holder, you're likely in three camps. You're either a long-standing mortgage holder on a variable rate, um, there's a huge percentage of variable rate customers with, with the sort of traditional banks who are on relatively high variable rates who are possibly nearing the latter stages of their mortgage and may not be overly concerned uh, about interest rates. But I think if you're on a variable rate, it makes no sense. You should be on a fixed rate 
to protect yourself, A, against increasing rates, and B, because fixed rates are lower than variable rates anyway at the moment. The second camp then is the people who are on fixed rates currently, and for many of them, it's likely to be no penalty for them to break their existing fixed rate. So what they should perhaps consider is contacting their lender to see, can they break their fixed rate and move on to a longer term fixed rate with that lender? Or indeed look at the market and see, is there justification in breaking the fixed rate with their existing lender and moving to a new lender who would offer preferential terms? The third cohort then is the tracker customers. And as we all know, the the, the well-worn phrase trackers are gold, and they certainly have been uh, since 2011. Um, and they continue to be for many. Some people are lucky enough to have tracker margins at 0.55, 0.65, 0.75. But others got trackers at the latter end of the tracker offering and are on ECB plus 2.25 and more. So two different camps there. Even a significant increase in interest rates is likely not to see those with very low margin trackers on higher rates than are currently available. But if you're on a relatively high margin, you should be looking at your options. And every case is on an individual basis and every customer should get professional financial advice. But what is important to remember is if we go back to 2005, six and seven, trackers, a lot of them were were at higher rates than fixed rates were available at the time. So we shouldn't be confused by the fact that trackers have been very low for 10 years. They've been very low for 10 years because the ECB hasn't increased the interest rate. But we should be mindful that they're not products that are guaranteed to stay low for the lifetime of the mortgage. So we know why the ECB is doing this, taking money out of the economy to try and curb inflation and get it back to the roughly 2% a year that they consider acceptable or optimal. But that policy obviously does come with a risk. You take too much money out and the possibility of recession rears its head. A recession is technically classed as two or more consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. And obviously it's a word that comes with a huge amount of scar tissue for most of us who live in Ireland, having lived through the austerity years. We're not talking, we think, and we certainly hope, about anything on the scale of that recession, that sort of worldwide collapse. But negative growth is not good and can have obviously a lot of knock-on impacts for people. The UK seems set to enter recession after negative growth in the second quarter of this year with the Bank of England hiking interest rates. And in the US, the Federal Reserve began hiking interest rates further and faster, actually, than European authorities. They get in on the game a bit earlier, again, sparking a fear of recession. There are some concerns that the Fed could overreact and end up tipping the economy into a recession. The latest warning signs, new home sales, as we just reported, were down for the fifth time this year. Economist Paul Krugman has been writing about this in the New York Times. The Fed is going to do whatever it takes to bring inflation under control. So now the risk is that they do more than it takes. So is a recession coming to Europe? Well, it's a scenario that was put to the president of the European Central Bank, Christine Lagarde. The decisions that have been announced by the European Commission in relation to um, savings, in relation to solidarity, in relation to inventory, are also taken into account in relation to the role that energy plays in relation to inflation, but also obviously in relation to growth. So we are very attentive to all these these factors. Is that going to lead to a recession? You know, we look at our projection dating back to June. We look at the most recent forecast published by the Commission last week. Under the baseline scenario, there is no recession, neither this year nor next year. Is the horizon clouded? Of course it is. 
And on paper, Ireland's numbers would suggest the same. The summer economic statement has Ireland's economy growing by more than 6.5% in 2022, which I think probably just perfectly illustrates how detached the raw numbers are that we use to calculate this, namely GDP, from what's actually going on in a country. Because most people are going to have less money to spend this year. Many are going to really struggle when it comes to the winter and some are already struggling through the summer. But the economy will technically grow quite substantially. And this is in no small part fueled by foreign direct investment and big windfalls in the likes of one-off corporation tax. But look, we're not going to get into my rant about economics and how detached it all is. That, I think, we'll save for another podcast. Hopefully this one gave you a bit of a better insight into why the ECB is hiking its interest rates and just how you might be affected. Thanks for listening to Let Me Explain. Don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you're listening. That really does give us a big help in climbing the podcast rankings. This episode was produced, researched and presented by myself, Sean Defoe, with John Kyo as the editor and Lachlan Hart on sound. We'll chat to you next week.